Hello, and welcome to episode 109 of Outnumbered the Podcast. Today, we are going to share with you all about teenagers. Wait, wait, come back. This is a good episode. You need this one, and you're going to love it. By the time we are done with this episode, we hope that you are equipped with a whole bunch of better information to interact with your teenagers so you can love these teenage years, too. Hello and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Today, Bonnie and I get to talk to you about something we really, really love, teenagers. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And we're not being facetious, we promise. Um, we'll get into that, but uh, they really are fun. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I'll start off with a little bit of a humorous part. You just really have to... Okay. One of the things that my parents always said growing up was don't lose your sense of humor. Okay. So when kids would get all upset about something or frustrated, they just look at us and go, don't lose your sense of humor. So that's what I'm trying to do when it comes to child drama, especially with teenagers, because it kind of escalates the stakes a little bit, you know, and they can be even more, you know, their problems are a little bit bigger, whatever. So I was thinking about this the other day when I had some sassy retorts from one of my oldest kids. And um, <laughs> later on, the other teenager said, you know, so-and-so hates you. Because <laughs> we were in having a hard, hard day. Mm. And I said, you know what? That's okay. He can hate me. I hated my parents for a little bit too, but then he'll grow up, turn 30, realize how hard life is and learn to appreciate his parents. And I can wait. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of just the attitude you have to have sometimes. Sometimes they are the most wonderful creatures in the world. And sometimes you're like scratching your head. How are we going to deal with this issue? So we're excited to talk about it. Yes, definitely. Um, I think teenagers get a pretty bad rap and, um, as far as parents are concerned. And uh, both Bonnie and I, I think, have discovered that teenagers are some of our most favorite parenting years so far. So we're going to try to help you see it that way, too. Just did want to mention real quickly that we have some previous episodes with teen information, specifically Raising Girls, our episode on Raising Boys, Preparing to launch and puberty is a good one. Go listen to puberty. We're not going to get into everything that teenagers are going through physically and mentally and emotionally to, you know, become an adult, but go back and listen to that attitude. That <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode if you want to have a little sympathy for all the teenager junk. That's right. Sometimes we forget, right? All the things that they're dealing with. Okay. So instead on this episode, we want to focus on our relationships with teenagers because we think that there is so much good that can be done if we keep um, our relationships positive. The training and the teaching of kids is largely done by the time they're 14, 15. They know how to wipe their own bums and brush their own teeth and they know how to get to school and come back and they know how to play with friends. And for the most part, a lot of that is done. So instead, we need to focus on, um, you know, keeping close to them. Right. And we're going to um, break this episode into three parts, past, present, and future. <laughs> and we're going to explain each of those in in more detail. And then we're going to share, um, at the end, we're going to share fun things, why we love teenagers so much. 
Yeah. Yeah. So make sure you stay tuned to the end. Even if you don't have teenagers yet, you'll look, you'll get to look forward to them. Exactly. That's what I wanted to say was that a lot of what we're going to share in this episode starts before your teenagers hit those teen years. Right. Totally. Totally. So let's start with the past. Um, The first thing we want to mention is that you or I or all of us might have to address some of our own teenage issues, some of our own experiences as teens. The teen years can be really rough, as we all know, and some of us hang on to some of that junk. Um, We might have a need uh, to reconcile some things with friends or family members or to forgive people who have wronged us, especially during those formative years. Maybe just acknowledge that was hard for me. I was figuring out who I was and I made some mistakes and people, you know, wronged me and I'm moving on. Yes, exactly. I listened to, uh, I was listening to this one podcast. It was called How to Change Your Past. And the basic idea was that um, the way to change your past is to change your thinking about it Mm. because it can, you can change what it means to you. That's the only thing that you can change about your past is what it, what you're making it mean today. And so, um, definitely agree that healing anything we have in our past from our own teenage experience is pretty important before we try to interact with our own teenagers. And then the next thing is throw out your preconceived notions of what the teenagers are going to be like. There is a ton of junk coming at every single parent who has a baby. Oh, just wait till they get to be teenagers. Now just stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you put that on them be- on a little kid before they even get to the teenage years? <laughs> and this also includes your own teenage experience. Don't put that shadow or that experience on your teens before they get there. So all this, you know, peeling away of these layers and of this negative negativity before our teens get there so that they have like a a fresh page to start with. Yeah. Don't make it any harder on them than it has to be right. (laughs) By assuming they're going to be terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So It's very possible that we can't save our kids, especially in their teenage years, from making the same mistakes that we did or going through some of the same experiences because that's just life. It's a very transitory period. They're coming out of childhood into adulthood. Um, And so there's a lot lot of hard stuff. But we should beware of projecting our own thoughts, feelings, life experiences onto our children and just allow them to become their own person, carve their own path, and, uh, you know, give them the best, best chance at succeeding through these years. Yeah, because, you know, think about it. Maybe we had a teenage year, um, a teenage hood, teenage years. <laughs> Let me start teenage again. Hood, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we had teenage, a teenage experience that wasn't something that we're super, super excited about our children having. So look at it this way. Your kids could have a better teenage experience than you had. They don't have to have a bad one just because you had a bad one. They could have a better one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, after we've stripped away everything in the past and we're just going to let them start fresh, let's talk about the present. And we have to acknowledge that teen years have some challenges. They have a lot of challenges. Go back and listen to that episode on puberty. They have a lot of challenges for a reason. And that's because they're like this caterpillar going through metamorphosis into the butterfly. And it's hard, but it it's for a reason. And they can come out, they do come out adults on the other side. And so, yes, teenage years are hard. Accept that. 
Um, so like we mentioned, that episode on puberty covers in detail all the changes that are happening to the body and brain. And I think that even though all of us have gone through it, I think it's a really great reminder to just extend your teenager a little bit of grace and uh, allow them to process the the brain and body changes the best they know how, um, because it's going to be different for every kid and a little bit difficult. Yeah, they have not only all those physical changes going on um, but all the emotional stuff, it's almost mm-hmm. like we said in that episode, like they can't help these feelings. Like they, it comes on them and it's, it's all being thrown at them and it, it, like they're not doing it just to be dramatic. It just happens. Mm-hmm. They have the challenges of learning to be an adult. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of cares, a lot of concerns, a lot of responsibilities that come with being an adult that children don't have. There's all the weight of decisions that have to be made. And while... The decisions you make as a teenager, as far as, you know, career choices, those don't have to be permanent. Like we've talked about in a lot of episodes, you can turn, you can pivot, you can change. But there are some choices that are are pretty long lasting consequences, adult changes, like who you're going to marry, if you're going to have a child. And, And those kind of things are decisions that are not easily undone or come consequent less. <laughs> That's yeah. even a word. There's there's pretty weighty stuff, the decisions that need to be made um, entering into adulthood. I know m- all of my children, they have great confidence, but all of my teenagers have struggled mightily with these decisions because they feel so weighty and, and so grown up. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a struggle um, of wanting to be treated like an adult, but yet still feeling like a child. I mean, I think we all remember um, wanting to hang out with the adults and wanting to hang out with the kids, you know, like your first social interaction that you were at mm-hmm. where you kind of wanted to hear what the adults were saying, but you also wanted to be playing with the kids, like kind of the, the mm-hmm. tearing in between, you know, I want to be here and here. <laughs> and then there is the reprogramming of the brain to think like an adult. And, you know, I, I heard my parents say to me, what were you thinking? <laughs> and I've said that to my kids too. What are you thinking? Because there's that total switch that goes on in the brain. And to learn to think like an adult, like an adult, here I am in my early 40s. And I still feel like I have some pretty juvenile think- ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm still working on learning to think like an adult. Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest things we can do to help kids transition into this thinking, acting, being treated like an adult is to start treating them like an adult early on. Not necessarily, I don't mean necessarily giving them, um, you know, big responsibilities that they're not ready for, but rather shifting your own thinking to um, seeing them as an independent individual who will soon be leaving your home and turning into an adult instead of just one of your kids that needs to be managed, right? Like how you would deal with a problem that a seven or eight year old is going through is vastly different from, or should be vastly different from how you treat uh, a similar problem, but with a 14, 15, 16 year old, uh, because you want to gradually teach them to manage themselves. Whereas seven and eight is way too young to allow them (laughs) much self-management, right? So just starting small and saying like a I know Audrey's given examples of how she allows her children to make some of these bigger decisions by themselves, for themselves, while they're still home. And I really appreciate that that perspective so that I can start giving my kid a little bit more autonomy. And then in the present, we deal with this balance of parenting versus letting them make and learn from their own mistakes. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. Once you give your kid 
more freedom and leeway, you're going to see him make more mistakes because he has less experience than you do. Um, but because it's his life, he also needs that experience in order to learn for the future. So it is a painful thing to watch your kid. And my, none of my kids have made anything devastatingly horrible as far as decisions go, but I know it's coming because it's bound to happen. We've all done it, you know, and to see your kid do that, especially when you quote unquote know better is, is painful, but it's so necessary. Yes, I know. It's so hard to keep your mouth shut when you see them doing something that you know, like you have some experience with and you could help them, but they just need the experience of learning that thing themselves. I I was, this is not a teenager example, but I was helping my six-year-old learn how to read the other day. And I realized that I wanted him to succeed so much that I was helping him more than he needed to be helped. Like mm. he would come to a, a letter pair and he would kind of forget it. And I would give him that letter pair, like SH stands for shh, you know, before he had time to recall it up himself because I so much wanted to help him succeed. And, mm. you know, we can do that to our teenagers too. Like we so much want to see them succeed. But, okay, here's a teenager example. Um, some of my teenagers had to learn how to do laundry incorrectly before so they can make that mistake like I could have told them that washing their dirty jeans with their white Sunday shirt wasn't a good idea but they had to learn that mistake themselves (laughs) and you know I could have saved them from it but then it wouldn't it would have just been another oh mom said thing instead Mm -hmm. of oops I ruined this shirt and now I'm not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> right. And and think about how many times, so all of us have examples of making these types of mistakes, usually the first year or two after leaving home, right? We didn't quite realize just how much mom cooked for us or did our laundry or whatever. And we're, we're learning these, these um, lessons on like on the daily, right? But think how much more peaceful it is to make these mistakes when they're at home with us. We need to give them the opportunity to make as many of these as possible so that they do it in a very comfortable, safe environment so they can come and cry on our shoulder when, oh, I did this thing and I screwed up. And and we say, yeah, that's life. It's all right. You know, you'll figure it out. Um, That's just so powerful. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. I did mention that parenting your teens starts a long time before they're teenagers. So um, I this is for you out there, you you who are listening who have young kids. Don't worry, this episode is for you too. Uh, I, I have this theory of gradually loosening control as a child ages and matures. So kind it's kind of counterintuitive because you think a two-year-old, you know, oh, maybe just let them run around and do whatever they want. And then as they grow, maybe they, you tighten tighten the control a little bit and, you know, oh, no, you can't do that. And then, you know, teenagers, boy, they really need some control. (laughs) But I have the opposite theory that if you train them and give them pretty rigorous guidelines and tight control when they're little and teach them the self-discipline when they're young, then as they grow and mature, you can loosen the amount of control, external control that you need to do because they've got that internal discipline and that internal control where they can um, regulate their own activities and thoughts and actions instead of you having to apply external control. In fact, that's one thing I say to my kids a lot as they're in their tween years, getting close to those teenagers. Okay, look, you can choose to discipline yourself on this using self-discipline from within, but if you if you don't, if you won't, 
then I have to apply discipline from the outside. It has to come from me because there will be discipline on this matter. And I'm not talking about, you know, consequences. I'm just talking about, you know, sit down and do your math or I will sit down with you and help you do (laughs) that kind of thing. Um, So that's just kind of a, a different concept, thinking about it starting when they're young, learning that internal discipline. Yes, I love that. I love that. So you can start even at a young age, um, grooming them to become adults someday and say, I'm not going to be here to help you with this forever. This is why I'm doing this. It's not just to be mean. It's because you want to be this, this great person when you grow up and this is the the path to get there. So, so that leads us to looking into the future a little bit. And we're going to bring up, um, Audrey's, uh, 20 year vision again, because this is just such a great concept. And I think is so powerful in so many aspects of parenting. And that is to begin with the end in mind, right? We look at that 20 year vision and we decide, what do I do today that is going to get us just a little bit closer to that 20 year vision? And unfortunately for me, who happens to be a control freak, I often think, well, it's going to mean I'm not going to let him do this and I'm not going to let him do this because if he's going to turn out like this kind of person, then he can't be doing this kind of stuff. And yet, ideally, what I want most for my children in 20 years is that they can be their own managers, their own competent adults, you know, contributing members of society. And the more control I take over, the less likely we're going to see that. So that's a kind of an interesting take on that 20 year vision is what what can I do to help them become these adults that I'm looking for? Yes. And I even like to apply that to, okay, my teenager's having a grumpy day and they're crouching at their siblings or me or whatever. Like I I apply that to myself. Like, okay, if it was 20 years down the road and this teenager was now 35, they're standing in my kitchen, how would I treat them in 20 years? How would I interact with them Mm -hmm. in 20 years? How would I feel toward them in 20 years? What thoughts would I be thinking about them? (laughs) And that really kind of helps me um, control myself and get control of, you know, just not snapping back at them. Because really, as far as, you know, the whole puberty stuff that they're going through and all those difficult teenage things, we're through that. And we're, we're in the adult stage. We are where they are heading. And so we need to model for them what they can be like in 20 years. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And as, as we do that, we're also teaching them how to be good parents, you know, cause it's not just, it's not just teaching them to be regular old adults, but they're going to look back at our, their experience of being parented in order to learn how to parent as well. If that's not terrifying enough, I don't know what is. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I really do believe that the teenage years and our relationship with our teenagers is the foundation for our relationship with them as adults for future mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Chances are if you resent the way you were parented, it's things from your teenage years that you resent. You probably don't resent the way your parents treated you when you were a toddler or a little kid. It's probably stuff coming out of your teenage years. And I really believe that we can set the stage for an amazing relationship with our adult children in those teenage years. If we're empathetic toward them, if we're loving, if we're understanding, if we are the adult in the situation, um, that's, that's just the best building blocks for a future adult to adult relationship. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, interesting, um, talking about being parented as teens, you know, there's, we generally do know what's best for our toddlers, right? It's like have three cookies 
instead of dinner or have a nutritious dinner. We know the the right decision for that, right? <laughs> Stare yeah. at a screen for 47 hours a week or not. We we kind of it's pretty obvious what those good parenting decisions are. But when it comes to teenagers, it's less clear because a lot of their decisions they're making for their future and we don't know what the best future is for them, right? We don't know what the best career is going to be for them. We don't know what um, person they're going to marry, what person's going to be best for them, what their dating scene should look like. We know some of it, right? Um, and so we try to teach them kind of those overarching values. But a lot of it is is a mystery to both of us, which is just another reason to let go of some of our control and say, I'm really excited to see what you decide about this, to decide you know, what, where you're going to decide to go to school or what extracurriculars you're going to do or what talents you want to develop because this tells us what kind of adult you're going to turn into. And I don't know what that's going to be. Let's figure it out. You know, it's, it's exciting, but a little scary to admit that you don't know the best future for them and to leave that in their hands. Yes, that is such a good point. I have felt in myself often with my when I have a teen that is struggling with, you know, what what career to go into or what to take in college or whatever. I like I just wish I knew so I could help you, but I don't know. Another thought is um, to try to teach our teens what being an adult has meant for us. So I have noticed really positive reactions from my teens when I talk to them about my own similar challenges that I went through, right? Like, oh, I can see that this friend issue is hard for you, that, you know, your friend betrayed you or whatever. I had a similar experience. It was tough. Or um, this is what I ended up doing. Uh, What are your thoughts? You know, give them some suggestions, give them some... Um, empathy for what they're going through. Because really being a teenager feels kind of lonely sometimes. Like nobody understands me. This is so hard. Um, But to know that your parents have been there and done that, even if it looked vastly different from their own teenage years, can be really, really powerful. And then you know, to get them excited about the future. Like, oh my goodness, you're going to learn to drive soon. What a wonderful opportunity for more responsibility and more privilege and more freedom. And I remember when I did that and, you know, just get them looking forward to these wonderful years of opportunity. Yeah, I have found a great source of connection with my teenagers on sharing, sharing with them things that I learned. And I know that we've talked about, um, using apology with our, with our kids, but especially with our teens, like, you know what I did this, I interacted with you this way. And, and I'm really sorry because that wasn't the, the adult way to interact, Mm -hmm. right. You know, whatever. And, and there's like a lot of freedom in that, but also good, good adulting skills to show regret and apology and um, take responsibility for our actions. There's a lot, a lot of freedom in that. Yeah. One thing we wanted to encourage you to do is just focus on the positive. Like there is a lot of negative that we can see um, in teenage years. I mean, there is, that's why, you know, you get from every other parent out there. Oh, just wait till they're teenagers. There is negative. Um, But if you focus on the positive, you're going to help both of you. Like there's it's not going to serve either one of you to focus on the negativity. But if you focus on the positive, you can help. If you can't help your teen, at least you can help yourself get through their teenage years. And like that sounds kind of discouraging, but but if you are uplifted and you are positive and you are in a good space, then you can influence and help them to to be there and to go there too. 
Right. They're going to get a lot of their own attitude and um, success or failure in their teenage years from the vibes that you give out. You know, if you're constantly waking up like, oh, I got to go deal with my teenagers or they overhear you saying, you know, I got these teenagers I have to deal with. They're going to kind of play into that negative role. Um, I, I hope that I have done a little bit better of a job than I thought I would <laughs> at at communicating the positive because I have really enjoyed my teenagers. So I just have to just so you guys get a little glimpse into who I am. I I am kind of a control freak, <laughs> but I have also realized that I don't love having children rely on me for everything. I know sometimes that's kind of something that a lot of moms like is, oh, what are the, what am I going to do when they don't need me? That concept thrills me. The idea of waking up and no one needing me sounds awesome <laughs> to me. I mean, obviously I want them to come to me, you know, emotionally when they get older, but for them to be completely independent, I am so excited for that phase. Um, and so as they've gotten there, I've really tried to focus on that. Oh my gosh, look at this kid. For example, my oldest does go to school now. And so he wakes himself up early in the morning and he gets himself ready and he makes a nutritious lunch and he makes a nutritious breakfast and he packs his work and he makes sure that I'm up on time to get him there. Cause sometimes I sleep at like, I'm so proud of the things that he's been able to accomplish and just how independent he is. Um, and so when things get tough, I, I just try to focus on that. And I have loved, loved, loved being able to have fun with my older kids. It is such a blast to play a game with kids that are like on your same level and you like lose to them and they kind of trash talk you. It's really fun. Um, going on <laughs> trips with kids that don't need, you know, your, you to always hold their hand across the street is really, really empowering. And it just gets me so excited to see all my kids grow into these amazing little young adults. Um, and so I'm, I'm keeping that in the forefront of my mind, even when they uh, say mean things, <laughs> which they sometimes do, let's be honest. Oh my goodness. I love teenagers too. <laughs> There's so much fun about teenagers. One thing I have noticed is the teen years is when my kids' sense of humor develops. I don't know if that's true for all kids, mm -hmm. but it's when my kids have really come into their own independent sense of humor. And I love it because it's like different than mine. And it mm -hmm. makes me laugh so much to see my kids developing their own sense of humor. It's just, it's just incredible. I love the adult conversations that you can have with teenagers about stuff that's just superfluous or about stuff that's really deep. Like you can't talk to your toddler or your nine-year-old about stuff that's really, really deep. And, um, you know, you said you're, you're, is into current events and you can discuss that with him. And that's not something that really your younger kids can, again, can get into. Like you still need to be the adult for them. Mm -hmm. I think what I love is that my ki my teenagers are forming their own opinions about things in the world. Um, and, and that's really cool that it's not dependent on on me to form opinions for them. Like, you know, some of the younger kids are like, oh, mom, and what do we think about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another fun thing I love about teenagers is seeing them develop their own interests. So um, I love to see them do things that I have, get into things, develop interests and talents about things that I have absolutely no clue about. Mm. I love it. I love to see my teens surpass me. Like even, okay, so I play the piano and a couple of my teens are like so far past me on the piano. It's ridiculous. And it's so cool. I love it to see my teens get their own interests and, and to come 
tell me about things and even get me interested in things. Like I never in my life ever had an ounce of interest in personality types. But my one of my teens was interested in that and just kept talking about it and bringing it up. And pretty soon it became interesting to me. And, and I love it. <laughs> oh, another really fun thing about teenagers is seeing them develop relationships with each other hmm. and with other people. Um, I love that because it's independent of me um, to see them become friends and, and to interact like, oh man, that is such a special fun thing about teenagers to see them independent of me, create their own relationships with each other. That's, that's a really awesome one. <laughs> oh yeah. I've seen a lot of that lately. And I was a little, I'll be honest, I was a little afraid when they were younger that there would come a time where they would um, want to talk to me less and only want to talk to their siblings about things. Cause I thought, well, eventually you grow up and you, as much as you inter- enjoy talking to your parents, there are things that you will always just want to talk to your siblings more about because they're your same, you know, similar age. And I was kind of afraid of like losing that aspect of a relationship, but that hasn't happened yet. They have their own cute relationships with each other that they talk about, you know, pop culture and stuff that mom doesn't get or whatever, but they still, we still have really fun conversations, just the two of us as well. In fact, I love that you mentioned the, um, yeah, you know, learning about things that that your kids are interested in that you haven't been. My oldest has sparked my curiosity about so many things. I generally hate politics because it just I feel like it brings out the worst in everybody. But he keeps talking to me about it and I'm like, "Oh, that's an interesting concept." Yeah, and so we have really good conversations about it. And um he's building himself his own computer. He's really excited about that and I had zero desire to learn about how to build a computer, but I am learning because he tells me every day. And then I got this one part and it's a blah 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 blah. I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. What does that do?" "Oh, let me just tell you. It's so much better than this other one." And anyway, it's so fun to see their excitement and zest for life come out and see their personalities lean one way or another. Yeah. I love to see when my kids will buy a gift for one of their siblings, like that came independent outside of me. I guess I'm just loving all the things that the kids, my kids do when they're teenagers that are independent of me. Yeah, yeah, like, like give you, give a gift to a sibling without me prompting or teach a skill to a younger sibling without me you know, saying, Hey, you really need to teach your younger sibling how to do this. Like those are just, man, I just like, it's part of that 20 year vision just to see these relationships that are developing and can be sustained long after I'm gone. Like they're just, they're building their own thing. And and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, just a few final thoughts about teens. It's really just a matter of uh, mind over matter. We're deciding that we're going to enjoy the years and use them as a chance to really connect with this young adult that our kids are becoming. And it's so powerful when we see it that way and so exciting. Um, The last thing I want to say is just like with toddlers, we do have to remember that we're still the adult in these scenarios. So even as our kids turn into their own adults, if they're living under our roof, we do still get to have specific rules and to enforce them in a very um, respectful manner um, and to sometimes realize that what's coming out of their mouth is fueled by emotion. It's not really how they think or feel. Don't take it personally. Just smile and love them anyway and they will come around. (laughs) That's my final tip with teenagers. 
Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because that was one of my final things I wanted to mention, too, was that just as we talked about in our episode on temper tantrums, (laughs) kids and tantrums, that... Our kids, our little toddlers have temper tantrums because we're the safe person to express those really Mm -hmm. big feelings to. That hasn't gone away in the teenagers. Mm -hmm. We're still the safe person in our teenage teenagers' lives that they can express. um, Maybe they don't, of course, they don't do it in the form of a kicking and screaming temper on the floor. (laughs) It looks different. (laughs) It usually looks different when they're a teenager, but we're still the safe person that they, maybe they can bounce some of these new ideas off of, or some of these new Mm -hmm. feelings. We're still the safe person there. And if nothing else, you know, don't take it personal. Just keep in mind, Hey, they came to me with that thought or that feeling or that idea, because I'm the safe person that they need. They need to hear this thought out in the world before they before they try it out somewhere else. And I was the safe person they tried it out on. And yeah, that's my last final thought is that, um, so examine your own thoughts about teenagers and ask yourself, like, is that thought serving me and serving my teenager? Is that serving our future relationship? And if it's not, then just try your hardest to just let that thought go and um, find one that's more positive and one that's going to serve you and your teen and your future relationship in a better manner. Okay, so we hope this episode has been helpful for both parents of teenagers and parents who will have teenagers in the future. And (laughs) let us know your thoughts, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon, and there are three different levels to support us there. Just head to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the Podcast. We're always having fun over there, too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberedthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. She, she knows I have chocolate hidden in here. So she comes mm-hmm. in here. I want some chocolate. I'm like, dang it. That's what I get for. She doesn't know where it is, but she knows it's here. Give me when chocolate. I, when I'm done. Go with Toby. I know. This one has been tough lately. <laughs> Scared her. <laughs>